Hello, and welcome back to the second part of the Valent Podcast on Low Temperature Heating Systems. I'm your host, Mark Wilkins, Technology and Training Director with Valent. In the first part of this episode, we discussed what a low temperature heating system is and some of the considerations around efficient design. If you've not listened to that episode yet, you can find the link to it in the episode description below. In the second part of this podcast, we'll be looking at what installers need to know when it comes to discussing low temperature heating systems and their benefits with homeowners, together with the changes installers should be aware of when it comes to servicing these systems. As with the first part of this episode, I'm joined by Simon Melbourne, System Sales and Design Manager at Valent, Martin Butcher, Valent's Technology Specification Manager, and Christian Ford from Indigo Renewables. So let's dive right in. What do those designing and installing such systems need to know? What do installers need to be telling homeowners about the pros and cons of lower temperatures so that they manage their expectations? And finally, what might installers heading into a home to service this type of system in future need to do differently? Are there any downsides to a lower flow temperature system? Will the homeowner notice any day-to-day differences that they should be aware of from the outset? The major difference is the temperature that's going into the uh, to the radiator or the emitter. Um, ultimately, the uh, the customer or the end user won't notice any difference to the air temperature. They'll still be comfortable within their properties. We just need to um, educate end users in the fact that they're not going to be able to rest their rears on a radiator and feel the warmth coming through. Um, it's going to be a lower temperature. Um, but back to the design aspect, we design systems correctly. Uh, we design radiators correctly and therefore the air temperature will reach that comfortable level where you can walk around your property and feel comfortable. Great, I love that phrase, rest their rears and feel the warmth. Um, (laughs) Simon, short supplementary question. We've talked about correctly sizing the radiators and and sometimes needing larger radiators to to heat the same space. Are these going to take up more space? Am I going to lose a lot of my wall space in the the lounge or the, 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 the bedrooms? Well, to correctly size a radiator, then, as we have discussed, they need to increase uh, if we're looking at lower temperature systems. So, yes, we need to um, consider that sometimes more wall space will be required to um, to mount that radiator to the wall. Now, there are um, radiators on the market that uh, will help. Um, so we can go to from a single radiator to a double panel radiator, even a triple panel radiator. Um, so... Possibly not, but sometimes yes. Okay, great. So again, in the spirit of demystifying, um, maybe a little bit longer to, to, to heat up, Maybe, well, definitely cooler to touch on the radiators, and maybe the radiators will be um, slightly larger than, than historically people have, have been used to, but nothing significantly different. Correct. Christian, you've been sitting there quietly listening to, uh, to all of this, and you've been installing low-temperature systems for some time now. What are the considerations you factor in when it comes to retrofitting low temperature heating systems? And I appreciate in the introduction you said that you work more in, in the new build side of things, self-build, but you do some work in, in retrofitting. So when retrofitting into existing or older properties, what are the considerations that you, you put in? Uh, the quick answer to retrofit is a whole home approach. So the emitter sizing almost becomes a secondary issue. You need radiators regardless, uh, and your installer will ensure the ones you have um, give you the right conditions you'd expect in your home. Uh, luxury insulation levels first and foremost, and if they can be improved, the losses of the room subsequently reduce, and so the radi- radiators don't need to be huge. Um, really goes to the 
the motto, I suppose, of insulate before you generate. Um, obviously, not all homes can be upgraded thermally. And if that's the case, look at how the radiator selection can best suit the room. You can't change the required output, but uh, with the vast offering of radiators available, uh, most rooms can be heated without too much compromise on aesthetics. Um, new builds rarely an issue, as the radiators would normally just be double panel, double convector rather than single panel. Uh, so no more obtrusive, really, than a higher temperature emitter. Uh, from a practical engineer stance everything's been touched on really always look at the pipe sizing and whether it's suitable for any upgrades or simply needs to be replaced uh, how's the systems controlled and can we make it any better can we reposition any of the existing radiators uh, and goes without saying really that whenever you're upgrading or changing any system power flush chemical clean absolute must uh, and always looking at making the system pressurized where you can Following on for that question then, Christian, how do customers tend to react when you talk about installing a lower temperature system in their property? Do they understand what it means and how do you describe it to them? Well, in all honesty, most customers aren't acutely aware of the temperature being produced by the heating system. All they want is to turn on the thermostat and the house gets warm. So I always try to refer them to their own home as it's a sort of tangible and understandable thing for them. And once you explain that in reality, the boiler probably runs too hot anyway. And if turned down by only 10 degrees C flow temp and timed better, uh, the difference between where the boiler could be set and where a heat pump may be set doesn't seem so daunting to the customer to look at a low temperature heating system. There undoubtedly will be changes, but once done correctly based on heat loss calcs, the house comfort temperature remains the same. So it's it's really about comfort and um, and sort of making the, the customer aware that they they yeah they've they've got to set things to, to be comfortable and and that's what they're they're looking at rather than scorching hot radiators. Yeah, we're not going to upset millions of teenage boys out there that can't stick their pants on a radiator and jump out of bed for uh, for a warm backside in the morning, though, are we? Let's hope so. <laughs> Christian, how do you explain the efficiency and running cost benefits of a lower temperature system to the customer? It's fairly simple. We explain that by running the system at a lower temperature, you're using less energy, be it from gas or electric, to generate the similar output from the system. And at that point, we can talk about the uh, seasonal coefficient of performance with heat pumps or running gas boilers in their condensing mode as often as we possibly can. Christian, when we talk about retrofit applications and, and switching across to, to heat pumps and, and low temperature systems there, how do you deal with explaining to the customer about the, the plant that's going to be put in, the equipment that's needed? I mean, sometimes you'll need to have a, a buffer store or volumizer, um, and in many cases, you're going to have to find space for a storage cylinder. I mean, bearing in mind that 63% of the UK installed park is, is combi boilers, there's not necessarily an airing cupboard or the airing cupboard is at least in part used for for storage so how how do you um you, you explain that to the to the customer i think if they are looking to commit to a low temperature heating system and altering the way they operate their house uh from that point of view they're going to understand that there's going to be need to be some compromise with regards to how the system is fitted into their home the compromises in their own minds already been made that they've moved away from a high temperature system to a low temperature system i don't see it as a compromise at all but then you it's quite an easy conversation to say that cylinder cupboard that you had previously will now be uh, a cylinder cupboard that you can't use for anything other than a cylinder or in a combi application generally we would either put the cylinder and the buffer where the combi boiler once sat uh, whether it be wall mounted floor mounted whatever it might be uh, or we have to utilize attic space 
only issue with attic space is obviously making sure that uh, it will take the weight of a cylinder and physically you can get one through the existing loft hatch without too much trouble. So Simon, home improvements have seen a big boom during and post lockdown as we have shifted the balance of time spent working at home. What, if you are working on an extension or a bathroom renovation, for instance, and are adding more radiators to the system, is there anything to consider there? This is really back to sizing the emitters to deal with uh, low flow temperatures, making sure the heat loss for the room is calculated and correctly sized radiators installed. Um, as we know, Partel is also looking at uh, retrofit properties also. Um, so as a suggestion, um, if work is being carried out, um, it may be a good time to look at future proof in the whole house uh, rather than just those radiators that are going to be um, fitted in the extension. Thank you, Simon. I'm going to bring Martin in now as um, sort of the uh, the legislative expert in, in this little forum. Martin, we've mentioned a couple of times Part L. Now, um, let me set the scene. Part L is part of the building regulations. And if I understand correctly, it's the part that sets the requirements for minimum efficiencies in in buildings it's conservation of heat and power effectively it's the bit that says thou shalt fit a condensing boiler today Uh, and moving forward it will say something along the lines of thou shalt fit a low temperature heating system in a new build property is that correct that's absolutely correct yeah it's the it's the regulation that is ultimately trying to reduce energy use in a building and hence reduce carbon emissions uh, nationally from uh, our building stock by reducing energy you know one falls in hand with the other so yeah absolutely right okay and the the building regulations uh, update that comes into force in in june of this year will have that clause in there about um, um, designing new build properties for 55 degrees c flow temperature maximum as a maximum yes correct okay brilliant well that leads me nicely into ongoing maintenance of a low temperature system most installers don't work in in new builds and and they're not really going to be too worried about what happens there in most cases however eventually they are going to come across low temperature systems to either service them now or, or, or in the future as they visited properties that are newly built now and will be serviced in future martin are there any differences that you need to take into account when servicing a low temperature system no, not really, Mark. Um, effectively, uh, the system operation is, is the same as it is today. You know, the the appliance will work in the same way. The radiators uh, heated up uh, hydraulically, the same. Uh, the pipework might be modified, but essentially the system is the same. We've got to remember, as Simon said previously, the design of the heat loss of the room, if you like, describes what the radiator size is to be designed to run at 50 or 55 degrees flow. It's not the appliance itself that uh, limits the amount of heat that goes into the room. It's, It's the temperature at which that room is heated to at the temperature the radiator is designed at. So, there's, there's nothing really to do other than the standard uh, servicing procedures to uh, to accommodate that. Not There's no special need to identify that a system is already designed to run at low temperature. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, Christian, can you talk us through some of the frequently asked questions that you may encounter from homeowners who have been maybe more accustomed to the traditional higher temperatures in a heating system? Yeah, um, will I need an additional boiler to back it up? is one that comes across quite frequently. Um, what happens when it gets to freezing outside as the temperatures drop? Will my home uh, not no longer be heated with a low temperature heating system? Um, will turning up a thermostat make it heat up quicker? Uh, that's, that's another common one. Uh, is the system broken? Simon and uh, has touched on this as well about the room temperature feels okay, but they can't warm themselves on the radiator. So that feel and touch thing is, is very much in the forefront of people's minds. Um, do they need to have huge radiators everywhere? The people do worry about the aesthetics as well. So uh, most of the things that have already been touched on, uh, but most commonly the ones, uh, what happens when it gets cold outside is one that crops up an awful lot. Okay, so it's almost a step change in mentality there that we're we're now in the comfort industry as opposed to the heating industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, Christian, you mentioned the need for an additional boiler. Do you need to put an additional boiler in often? So we 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 always go from it from a hundred percent renewable perspective. If we go into a property and we think through insulating the property first, uh, looking at the fabric of the building as we've touched on, we can then get the system to be able to be one hundred percent renewable or low temperature. We would always do that if it looks like, for example, we're in a Grade Two listed property where it's really difficult for us to get the hundred percent renewable solution. We would then look at a hybrid system, and that's where we. Talk talk to people about the fact that you you can use a boiler uh, to do that or you can use an electric boiler or you can use an immersion that comes with the system but we try and make that hybrid point uh, at the point where we need it the least so that when it's zero to minus three only then would we be looking at bringing in either an additional boiler be it gas lpg oil or electric we always try and uh, get the system to do as much as it can with the renewable or uh, low temperature system first Okay, great. Simon, what would the issue be if an installer did turn back the flow thermostat on a boiler, say, that's been put in on a, on a lower temperature system back to 80 degrees C? How would that affect the running of the system and its overall efficiency? Ultimately, there would be a overshoot in temperature um, in the room. Um, as we have discussed, the radiator is sized correctly to the flow temperature that we're putting into it. So let's say we start at 55 and that radiator is delivering one kilowatts of, uh, of energy into the room and that is what the room requires. If we put a higher flow temperature into that uh, radiator, it, uh, it increases the output. Um, and therefore, you know, the, the designed room temperature will, will, then, will, will then rise. Um, so, yeah, if you want to feel like you're living in, in the Bahamas, then yes, having that increase in temperature will do that for you. So let's just explore that overshoot for a moment. It, it It's um, basically that the system will give the heat to the property, that the room will get hot, but likely overheat a little bit, uh, and you've lost that fine degree of, of control and comfort within the room. Is that what you're saying there? Yeah, absolutely correct. And uh, one other thing I, did, I didn't mention there is obviously ultimately the efficiency of the product as well that's um, you know um, serving this uh, the system. Uh, you increase the uh, flow temperature, then you're increasing running costs um, uh, of the system. And obviously, you, um, as we know well, obviously with um, uh, fuel prices, that's um, that's something that we don't want to see. Okay, great. Christian, we talked 
about the difference between the mean water temperature of the radiator, traditionally at 70 degrees, and the air temperature, traditionally at 20 degrees. That's a 50K delta T between the mean water and the air temperature. That's the level that most radiators' official sizing data is published at, if I, if I understand correctly. How do you adjust from that to the lower differential between, a, a say, a, a heat pump radiator system at only 25 degrees or 25K difference between mean water and air temperature? Yeah, so most of the manufacturers, as you rightly say, will publish the data at uh, 50 degrees C delta T. What you have to do is either find out from the manufacturer directly or see if it's published in their brochures uh, for the lower water temperatures, which is more like 20 or 30 degrees C delta T. And you basically have to apply a correction factor to the stated output in watts or BTUs of the radiator, which will then reduce it to the water temperature, which then means that you can reselect the radiator correctly based on what the actual output of the radiator is right so that that would be a multiplication factor effectively my one kilowatt radiator at this 50 degrees c delta t gives me one kilowatt but at 25 degrees c it gives me only half of that 50 percent 0.5 however it's specified you multiply that and that's what that radiator gives you yeah and then reselect the correct radiator appropriately in that case you would need something like a two kilowatt radiator at the 50 degrees C delta T to give you that right performance at the lower differential. Absolutely. Brilliant. So it's not that difficult. It's it's just a little bit of thought and common sense. Yeah. Read yeah. the manual. Absolutely. Not oversizing radiators, but correctly sizing radiators. Yeah. Brilliant. And finally, I'm going to bring this question across to all three of you. What would be your three top tips for an installer thinking of, or indeed already fitting, or servicing low temperature systems. Simon? So for me, it's um, about design. So correctly designing the system. Um, again, going back to the basics, doing the room by room heat loss calculations, making sure the uh, radiators or the emitters are designed correctly uh, for the flow temperature and making sure that that flow temperature is as low as possible uh, to get the maximum efficiency out of the heating product that, uh, that's being installed. Um, but as we've uh, touched on really, the, the other points really would be about end user education about low temperature heating systems making them aware that uh, there is going to be some differences but ultimately their comfort levels are going to be met brilliant thank you simon christian same question uh firstly i think uh, understanding the customer's perception of comfort and heat is is key um getting training uh, if you're unsure get some training on low temperature systems it is out there it's available if you just touched on mark um and I would say partner with an experienced provider of low temperature heating systems. If they are out there, uh, use them. Brilliant. Thank you. And finally, Martin. Thanks, Mark. I think uh, for me, one of the things is just to remember as an installer, and this, this is probably uh, linked into the training and everything else that we've just been talking about, to remember that uh, we need to take the fabric first approach when we're thinking about uh, installing a low temperature system is the house suitable uh, are there opportunities uh, in that property to improve the insulation before we actually go and think about installing uh, new products like an air source heat pump for example and then looking at the radiator sizes 
Because if, if you're going to look at um, insulating the house, it gives you a, a double benefit. You need less heat in the first place. So maybe you can specify a lower uh, output heating appliance. Uh, and also because you're getting a lower output in the first place, you need less heat to put back into it. So for me, that that's a, that's a prime. Thank you, Martin. Now, finally, Christian, um, for you, uh, I'm going to give you the chance now for a gratuitous plug of your own business for taking the time to come and join us. So just remind us who you are, where you're based and what you do, please. Yeah, I'm Christian from Indigo Renewable Energies Limited. Uh, we're a Valiant Advanced Renewables partner based in Leicester, covering Leicestershire, Rutland and surrounding counties. If you have any heat pump requirements from new and retrofit installations, servicing, specification and design advice, go to our website at www.indigorenewables.co.uk or find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you and thanks for having me. Thanks again, everyone. It's been great to carry on the conversation around low temperature heating systems. And like part one, this has been a really interesting discussion with lots of valuable expert insights shared from you all. The only thing left for me to do is to thank you once again for joining me today. Don't forget, any resources and links mentioned in today's episode can be found in the episode description below. I'm Mark Wilkins. This is The Valent Podcast. Until next time.